Okay. We're doing now Thursday's portion of Vayakel. And as happened yesterday, we're basically just very quickly, so to speak, going through all of the construction of the tabernacle. First focusing on the tabernacle itself, and then, of course, on the vessel. So we are up to chapter 36, verse 20. And we're looking here at the construction, as I said, which, of course, we know all the Jews donated, but then the ones that were specially gifted and talented, wise, in all the various artistries of construction were the ones that were doing the task. Imagine making God's home. He made the beams for the Mishkan, for the tabernacle, of shittim wood standing erect. Ten amas, an amas approximately one and a half foot, Ten amas the height of the beam, and an amma and a half the width of each beam. Two tenons for each beam, lung-like, one to the other. So did he make for all the beams of the tabernacle. He made the beams for the tabernacle, 20 beams for the south side. He made 40 silver sockets under the 20 beams. Two sockets under one beam for the two tenons, and two sockets under the next beam for the two tenons. And for the second side of the tabernacle, on its northern side, because that was the southern side, he made 20 beams. In other words, exactly the same dimensions here. It's rectangle. There are 40 silver sockets, two sockets under one beam, and two sockets under the next beam. And for the side of the tabernacle at the back, on the west, he made six beams. He made two beams for the corners of the tabernacle at the back. They were fitted together at the bottom, and together they were matching at the top by the single ring. So he did for the two of them, for the two corners. So it's all being connected. There were eight beams and their silver sockets, 16 sockets, two sockets, two sockets under each beam. He made bars of shittim wood, five for the beams of one side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the beams of the second side, and five bars for the beams of the tabernacle at the back, on the west. He made the middle bar to extend within the beams from end to end, meaning unlike these beams, which is basically per um, piece of wood, per plank of wood, the middle beam, the inner beam, actually extends the entire dimension of that side, he co- which has a lot of spiritual implications. He covered the beams with gold and made their rings of gold as housings for the bars. And he covered the bars with gold. He made the prochet. The prochet was... Uh, curtain separating the holy from the holy of holies. He made the process of turquoise wool and purple wool and scarlet wool and twisted linen. He made it the works of an artist, Kruven. He made for it four pillars of sheet and wood. These four pillars are holding up this tapestry and covered them with gold, their hooks of gold, and he poured for them four silver sockets. He made a screen for the entrance of the tent turquoise wool and purple wool and scarlet wool and twisted linen, the work of an embroiderer. And it's five pillars. So this is the entrance. There's also this screen and these pillars are holding it up. And it's five pillars, their hooks, and he covered their tops and their belt with gold and their five copper sockets. The towel made the arc of sheet and wood, two and a half amas its length, an am and a half its width, and an am and a half its height. Again, an am is approximately one and a half width. 
the Rashi says, it's interesting because it says B'Tzalel made him. We know B'Tzalel didn't do anything here single-handedly. He had a whole um, team of workers with him. But because B'Tzalel devoted himself to the work more than anyone else, because he was so dedicated to it, it's as if he personally did it. He covered it with pure gold from inside and from outside, and he made for it a gold crown all around. So if you're following the order here, it's interesting because Moses was commanded. The order was different than we see it here. Actually, almost reversed. But here, after Moses told the people the laws of the Shabbos, first he gives the general construction of the tabernacle, its dimensions of the building, so to speak. And now he's focusing on the specific vessels, starting here with the ark, of the inner dimension of the tabernacle. Okay, we just said that. He poured for it four golden rings on its four corners, two rings on its one side, and two rings on its second side. He made staves of sheet and wood and covered them with gold. He inserted the staves, the poles, in the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark. He made a lid of pure gold two and a half almost its length, and an arm and a half its width. He made two cherubim of gold, being after he made them, from the two ends of the lid. So it was just, it wasn't attached. It was like organically emerging from the lid. One chair from this end and one chair from this end. From the lid did he make the cherubim for its two ends. The cherubim were with wings spread upwards, sheltering the lid with their wings, with their faces toward one another, toward the lids were the face of the cherubim. Of course, we know that these are very special. You know, this is like made from a piece of gold, but it actually had this godly energy in it that says when the Jews were close with God, the two were close toward each other. And if God was upset with the Jews, they turned further and further apart until literally they were back to back from each other. And so we're told that during the actual burning of the temple, the children were like in an embrace. There was that, that dimension of so much closeness there as God destroyed the building instead of, of course, destroying the Jews. He made the table. This is a special shulchan, a special table in the temple. He made the table of shittim wood to almost its length and almost its width and an and a half its height. He covered it with pure gold and he made for it a bold crown all around. He made for it a frame of one tefach all around, tefach like a handbreadth, and he made a golden crown for its frame all around. He poured for it four golden rings and put the rings on the four corners of its four legs. The rings were opposite the frame for housing for the beam poles to carry the table. He made the poles of sheetim wood and covered them with gold to carry the table. He made the implements that were on the table, its dishes and its spoons, its supports and its tubes, with which it was covered of pure gold. And that is the portion of Thursday and Friday continues with other vessels such as the menorah, the candelabra, and the inner altar, and the outer altar. Which spiritually speaking, because of course we all are, are spiritually doing the work of the, of, of the temple, we have the, the inner dimension, which is the vessels. We have the outer dimension, which is uh, the structure of the building itself. 
in our own spiritual reality, we started with a commandment of Shabbos because Shabbos is like the idea of complete nullification to God. We stop, we rest, we nullify. That has to be the, the foundation of our relationship is the Shabbos element, the nullification element. And then we have the outer structure. You're creating this outer structure. And then which, which is connecting to God through the dimension of his will, of the study of Torah. And then we have the commandments and how we transform the world. Because, of course, we have the commandments as that inner peace and then really, ultimately, with those commandments going out and changing the world, and that's really bringing down the essence of God in, in making this world his home, making this world his, his, his temple and his tabernacle. So we start with the Shabbos. We start with the resting. We start with the nullifying ourselves, which really represents our prayer. Shabbos is like a day of prayer, and every day when we pray, it's like a Shabbos moment for us. And then we go to the construction of the outer temple of Torah, and then we go to the inner vessels, the commandments, and through them impacting and transforming the world and making all God's home.